Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. So tell me about your family and how I can help. You've got a a spirited, strong-willed little one. I do. I do. So uh, just a little bit of a brief background. About a year and a half ago, we moved from New York City to Paris. And it's been amazing and intense, of course, as moving internationally and adding COVID into the mix would be. Yeah. (laughs) um, But by and large, I'm like so impressed with my family's response and my kiddos in particular. So when we moved here, my son was, I guess, five. And I remember when he was in pre-K four at night going to bed, he would lay there and in reaction or in, in anticipation of us moving here, he would just start crying and say, you know, like, what if they don't understand me? You know, because he, he is in a bilingual school. It's 80% French, 20% English, and we don't speak any French. Yeah, so he's like, you know, hard. what if, what if they don't understand me? What if I need to go to the bathroom? What if I need to drink? And he would cry, you know, and whereas my eight-year-old or at the time, I guess was six was just sort of like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to roll with this. Right. So the interesting thing was once we got here, it kind of reversed. Mm-hmm. She was now experiencing yeah. more of the, and he was like, okay, let's go with this. Like, this is pretty cool. And that and- makes sense. Right. Because the one got all of that out ahead of time. And the other one was maybe feeling all those things, but kept it in. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. Totally. And so they went to different schools last year because he didn't get into the school that she did. Did great in his school, super resilient. This year now they are in the same school together. And same thing. He's like, he is so adaptable when it comes to, to new environments. So I just wanted to frame all that because there's just great stuff, great stuff to say about him. He's a sensitive little guy and he's stubborn and has a very hard time moving past strong feelings. He's my guy who at three years old, he would say, I'm going to put myself in timeout. Mm-hmm. And he would go in the bedroom and, and, and close the door and just want to stay there. So it's sort of this like defiant nature, you know, yeah, you're going to, you're, you don't want me to do this or you're going to, you know, punish me. Uh, I'll, I'll put myself there first. So that That's an early memory that comes on. And, and now yeah. I would say more what I think about is just that like, once he gets in a funk or in a place, he just is stuck there. And would you characterize him as kind of 
like holding it together kind of at school. Maybe it's hard, like school is really, really hard for him to hold it together, do what he needs to do, be well-regulated. And then he comes home and it just kind of all comes out. Is that kind of what's yeah. happening? I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. And I loved, first of all, how you framed this because we're never all just one thing, right? We all have all these parts of us. And I love that you're seeing all of the good stuff, the awesome stuff in your son yeah. too. Definitely. That's so important. And that can get so lost when we're having a hard time when they're in a sticky face. Okay. So it sounds like you're wanting to help him learn how to not get stuck in some of those hard feelings or those thought patterns. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? There, there's definitely that. And I would just add to that, that what I hear myself saying these days a lot is that he's kind of getting in his own way with those, mm. with those feelings. So, yeah. you know, he'll kind of get stuck there or not be able to move on. And what I've been explaining to him is, is that he's getting in his own way and potentially even making the situation worse versus being able to, to navigate out of it. And, you know, I view it as a skill of resiliency and adaptability. And those are all things we strive and for in our family, obviously moving across the country, across the world, um, you know, are all, are all, you know, attributes that are important. So not only do I want to help him now cope better, but also just thinking ahead of him being a little adult. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So give me just a couple examples of things that he gets stuck in when, when you're, he's experiencing this. So you're seeing him kind of getting in his own way. Can just a couple examples will help me. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like now that you asked me, I know, right? Like <laughs> I do we, have, them off. we have this like global idea that it is a certain way and it probably is. But then when we go for specifics, they're hard to find, hard to hold on to. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can try to kind of come up with something is like, he fights with his sister and, you know, it's like, he has a hard time saying, I'm sorry, or asking, are you okay? You know, Hey, it was an accident. She got hurt. You know, just be like, Hey, are you okay? Like everything. All right. Do you want me to get mom? Do you want me to get dad? You know, whatever. And he won't say sorry. You know, this yeah. is like a really big deal because I think he thinks it's admitting guilt or that or something. And, and then, then he'll just stew and not get off the couch or not move or not participate in the next activity. And, you know, I'll say something like, gosh, you know, if you had just asked if she was okay, we want to show empathy for our sister. We want to make sure, you know, and it's like, you could have deescalated this whole thing, but because you were so fixated on not saying that, yeah. you know, like things, the family got, she got more upset. We got disappointed in you, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. And, you know, like, so in that moment, I, like, there's a, a piece of this that's so important to understand for those kiddos who get stuck in the, in times like that. I think in my experience with kids like this, in those moments, they feel so badly about mm -hmm. inadvertently hurting their sister or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, they, they have this kind of sense of like, this was bad or this was wrong. I did this wrong. And it, it's not that they don't feel bad about it. It's actually that they do. And it's hard to think of themselves that way. And mm -hmm. so the, and because they're young, you know, so he's only six, his ability to kind of quiet his own emotional experience of having hurt someone inadvertently, mm -hmm. quiet that experience, hold that experience in one hand. And also at the same time, see his sister's experience and have like that empathy, that perspective taking as a very advanced 
skill mm-hmm. in terms of emotional intelligence. I mean, this is a skill that like literally if I'm working with couples, I have to teach the couples, the adult couples, how to do, how to have your own emotional experience here. And at the same time, witness mm-hmm. and validate someone else's emotional experience. You know, mm-hmm. all the time we get stuck in places of like, well, I mean, even just like politically, we hear like hear this all the time. Well, I didn't mean it that way, you know, like, and so you shouldn't be upset because I didn't mean it that way. This is this ability to hold space for your feelings of like, oh man, I did something that I didn't mean to and it hurt someone and I feel kind of bad about myself, but I also don't want to think badly about myself. And all of that starts flowing and it stops us. It gets in the way of being able to be present with Mm -hmm. the impact of our words, you know, and, and have access to like the skills and tools that we could use to kind of get ourselves out of it, you know? And so one, one thing that can be helpful is to practice those things outside of the moment. So Mm -hmm. I want to have a sense of, I'm just, this is now I'm going to ask you a question. So is this mostly in the moment when you're kind of addressing these things, practicing these skills, giving him like, well, you could just say, you know, or is it most or like close after it's happened when he's still kind of stuck or are we doing anything preventatively or proactively about building these skills for him? It's a great question. I'm not sure if this is going to answer it, but what comes to mind when you are asking me the question is like, it will even continue the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, so, so the next, let's say it happens around dinner time, you know, the evening will be this way. We'll wake up the next day and be like, do you want to ask your sister anything? You know, you know how she's doing, if her back still hurts and nope. Yeah. Nope. Like, and so, so I'm not sure. I think you might be asking me the opposite direction. Like if, you know, or, or even like really disengaged from the event. Yeah, Yeah. super disengaged from the event. And then the other piece too is that, you know, what I found with working with individuals of all ages with this issue, this is a lifespan, like social emotional skill that takes the lifespan to develop. And so one, like having like reasonable expectations for a six-year-old too, you know, so perspective taking, putting yourselves into someone else's shoes is is a cognitive skill that develops in the six to eight range for typically developing kids. And that range, of course, we know it's a bell curve, right? And so they give us the age ranges that is at the top, but then there's kids who are normal and typical who are at either end of those curves too, you know? And if we have a really emotionally intelligent older kid and then the younger one is, you know, a little bit slower on those things, it can even look wider. Like my kid is really behind in this and that's not necessarily the case at all. So one thing that can be really helpful in these circumstances is to validate and Mm -hmm. empathize with the one who did the hurting first to clear out their hurtingness. Like they're, cause you know, if we like, just think about like, if you hurt your husband's feelings or your partner's feelings, sorry, I didn't mean to assume you hurt your partner's feelings and you didn't mean to, and they're upset and some defensiveness flares up in you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to do a little bit of soothing in yourself, right. <laughs> a little bit of comforting, like, oh, you know, you didn't mean to do that. And it, you know, it's okay that you hurt your husband's feelings. You're still a good person. You still love him. You do a little bit of soothing before you then go and make the apology. Right. So we kind of like, they, kids can't always do that inside themselves. So a little bit of soothing, like, oh man, it must've really hurt to hurt your sister's feelings. You said something and it, it landed wrong on your sister and you didn't mean to hurt her feelings. And then suddenly everybody was mad at you. Everybody was thinking that you did something mean and you didn't even mean to, I must've really been hard, you know, like, so that kind of empathizing on that piece of things, right. So that he's not kind of 
he he gets that empathy that validation of like yeah i'm a good kid i didn't mean to hurt my sister's feelings i didn't i didn't mean to do this thing wrong and it really feels like everyone's against me kind of validating that perspective can help get some of his stuff cleared out of the way and allow him the space to be more apologetic you know um, when we give forgiveness we're more in return we're more giving with our you know responsibility taking i don't know if that's helpful at all totally i love that it's something i've never thought about yeah okay good and then the other thing that it's sounding to me like he has some scripts and some narratives bubbling under the surface you know we all tell ourselves stories about ourselves all the time and i've never seen him and i've never heard him but i'm guessing and you could probably even tell me like what do you think he's thinking about himself like when he's stuck in this these moments so when we're we get stuck in feelings we are often rehearsing thoughts about ourselves or about the people around us over and over in our minds and it can be really helpful to find out what he's thinking about and so that we if once we know then we can speak to those narratives and start gently reshaping and helping them re-script those things before they get too entrenched he's six he's you know like He's still very malleable. These scripts and narratives are still very easy to work with, you know, when they're six. Do you know what he's thinking about himself or thinking about his family? Like what his story is? Yeah, I think you're bringing up a really good point. And I think you nailed him in the sense that like, he's the kind of kid, like even if he gets hurt physically, he won't say something. We'll kind of like maybe hear a noise and go back to the house. And he's like, you know, holding it. And it's like, well, gosh, like to come to us, you know, whereas his sister were used to that kind of behavior. So I, I do think he's the type of person who's got a lot going on thinking, thinking things. So I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm going to have to think about what his script would be, but yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right that he's got one. Yeah. And so like in these preventative and proactive times when you are like, it's been a while, been a couple days, maybe since something like this has happened, then you can sit down and say, Hey, you know, you remember the other day, you know, when, when this happened, you know, it seemed like you got a little stuck in feeling bad about yourself. And I was kind of curious about like, if there were any like thoughts in your heads, if your brain was telling you anything about yourself or about your family or about maybe how we feel about you. Um, and just, I was just curious if your brain was telling you anything about those, about yourself and about, and, and just see what he says, you know, and you can also model this for him too, awareness of your thoughts. So like, um, just in like everyday situations. So like, let's say you were getting a cup of coffee and you spilled it on the counter, you know, maybe your like first thought in that moment is like, Oh, I'm such a klutz. So you may even say like, oh, my brain is telling me that I'm clumsy, mm -hmm. but I know I'm human and everybody makes mistakes. You can say that out loud, like not like to him, but to yourself, but just kind of have that like self-coaching mm -hmm. happening, you know, that we do. I don't know if you do this, but I do this all the time. Like yeah. I have the script that I developed in childhood, you know, where I need to be perfect in order to be loved mm -hmm. it comes out and then I self-correct, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah it is hard to make mistakes, but you're human and everybody does. And, you know, and so sometimes doing that out loud can be really helpful too, just as modeling the, the thought process. And there's a book that I really like. I'm going to go grab it so you can see sure. the cover. I don't know if you would call him an overtly anxious kid, but he is what you, how you're describing him is making some anxiety like bells pop up in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, so, cause sometimes anxiety when it's 
internalized looks different than <laughs> what we think about a kid who, you know, like he's, he bumps himself, he gets hurt and he doesn't tell you. He probably also isn't telling you when he's having worries or fears sometimes too, you know? Um, so this book, Anxiety Relief for Kids, is basically a manual that teaches parents how to do cognitive behavioral therapy techniques with their kids. Awesome. And it's lovely. And what I was just talking about is basically what this book teaches. So this is something that you can, you can grab and there's little, just little things in there to help them become aware of their thoughts and start working with their thoughts and thought work, you know, recognizing that just because a neuron fires in your brain, giving you a thought doesn't mean it's true that your brain will say things that are, that are, random and not true all the time. And just because you're thinking it doesn't mean it's true. Recognizing thoughts that are unhelpful and then starting to work with them and make different kind of actively choose different thoughts. Those things can be really helpful skills for everybody to have, everybody in the house, but especially for a kid who maybe is getting stuck in, in their thoughts and in, in the story that they're telling themselves about about themselves. Another one that I really like that I don't have here because it's in my daughter's room because she likes it. My oldest is like your son in this way, but it's called Sam and the Negative Voice. And that's a book for kids that basically teaches you about how we all have an inner critic and an inner Mm -hmm. coach and that sometimes our inner critic can be really loud, but when we let it be loud, it stops us from enjoying life. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds great. Yeah, so I like that one. And then there's another book that my kids like to around kind of perfectionism and making mistakes and being graceful with yourself. Um, it's called The Girl Who Never Made Mistakes. So I like that book too, if you're looking for kids books for, for them. The concept of an inner coach and an inner critic can also be helpful mm-hmm. to teach to kids. Mm-hmm. It's helpful for parents too. I mean, my inner critic is extremely active and loud sometimes and knowing that it kind of externalizing it, giving it a little bit of distance from me, knowing that that negative voice inside my head isn't me, that it's just, you know, the negative voice, you know, that's something else. And then being able to talk back with it and have a conversation with it is also just a, a helpful skill for kids to learn. And then one other practice that you can be engaging in is engaging in recognizing like as a, as a exercise, as a family, recognizing when you've made a mistake and how you can be kind to yourself when you've made a mistake. Because that's really what's getting in his way, right? So he makes a mistake and he's hard on himself, so hard on himself that it prevents him from seeing, you know, being able to be there to repair the mistake that he's made, right? And so one, one daily practice that we do in our family um, is we go around the table um, saying that like one thing that we did well today that we're proud of, one thing, mistake we made, and then one way that we were kind to ourselves mm. about the mistake. And so that's just a like, mo- like modeling, noticing that every day we do things well, every day we make mistakes, and every day we have a chance to be kind to ourselves. You know? Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving you a lot of information. Can, do you want to, like, give me your feedback. Let me know what you're thinking, questions. I love it. Did I like overwhelm you? I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It was the, it was perfect. And like you, you weren't joking when you said we were going to get a lot done, but like, it wasn't in an overwhelming way. It's just like, you gave me one thing and I was like that. Okay. You can't really top that. And then you gave me something else. I was like, well, yep, she sure can (laughs) (laughs) the third time or a fourth time. So no, that was, that was beautiful. I love that. I do have a question going back to the, one of the first things you said, which was, you know, when providing empathy at that time, when 
you know, wow, you, you hurt your sister. You didn't mean to do that. And that must've been really hard. That whole thing. Like what, what do you suggest a step after that would be? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, just framing that don't do that in front of your daughter. So that's something that happens privately with your son. We don't always have to subject our kids to our empathy for the other person. That's when it starts to feel like we are taking sides, right? So if we're going to be super empathetic, really coming alongside, really kind of on one kid's side, do that in private so that you can also be on the other kid's side. This is part of being, having multi-directed partiality is sometimes you need to do things privately so that they feel fully supported by you. Um, so then after that, um, so first of all, when you go in with that empathy, you can't go in with the goal of making them want to apologize. You have to go in with the mindset that regardless of what they just did, they are also hurting, right? So holding space that a person can hurt someone and be hurting at the same time. And that your only goal, your only agenda is to help them feel seen and supported and unconditionally loved in that moment. And so if we go in with the goal of like, I'm only validating so that you will apologize, we'll rush it and they'll feel it. They'll feel it's not authentic, not real. So your mindset is super important. And then afterwards, you know, sit, sit for a minute. How are you feeling? Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you think we should do? So getting curious and inviting their instinct is the next thing. So, you know, what do you think we should do about this? Okay. We're feeling better now. What should we do? You know, what, what do you think we can do? Cause I, you know, I can hear your sister still crying. What do you think? So you can maybe just get a little curious with just some little nudges and see what they do. Sometimes they have really good ideas for ways to apologize or make up that we would never think of and that allow them to save face, you know, that Mm -hmm. allow them to, to repair and apologize in ways that are authentic and true to them. Um, you know, I think adults sometimes have ideas about how, you know, how a repair and apology is supposed to look and kids often need very different things. So like one of the things that my, my five-year-old does in these moments like this is that after we have our talk, she very, she almost always grabs a piece of paper and draws a picture of her and her sister together holding hands Mm -hmm. and slips that to her. And that is the apology. And that's all the apology her older sister needs. Mm -hmm. And so it's tempting as an adult to force, you know, saying the words, I shouldn't have said that, you know, I can see how that hurt your feelings. And often we don't always have to to do that we might say that to our own kid kind of for the one you know we we had a chance to talk and oh man he feels so bad about the way he said that he didn't mean to hurt your feelings but he sees now how it could have you know and we sometimes so sometimes it's just modeling for them the words to say because they don't always know the language but also giving them the ability to just do whatever it is that's their own language my kids often give each other little gifts as apologies you know like little stones that they found out on a rock or you know or my eight-year-old often allow you know when she's apologizing in those moments she will offer the younger one a chance to sleep with one of her stuffed animals that she doesn't normally get to sleep to you know and those are those are beautiful childlike heartfelt apologies that are more effective than anything we could make our kids do you know yeah, totally. Is that helpful? Does that answer that yeah, question? Yeah, 
That's um, that's that's really helpful. Would you would you recommend in the moment like separate like going and having that private like right away like right when it happens? You know your kid best. I'm guessing that he like he will need practice proactive practice with some of the self-soothing some of the thought work stuff before he's ready for you to immediately go there with him he may need some time to just get some big feelings out especially like if he is like when this is happening he's feeling vulnerable right so this is about vulnerability he feels vulnerable when he makes this mistake he feels badly about himself i am guessing that he's having lots of thoughts about you know bad thoughts about himself or thoughts about like i'm all alone no one gets me whatever it is you know he maybe needs a little bit of time with those feelings before he's ready you know him best like if you went in with nothing but empathy oh buddy oh you must be really upset oh you didn't mean to hurt her feelings and you did and you feel so bad and now it seems like everyone's mad at you like you do you know like how he would respond to that I don't, but I'm really curious to find out. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, give it a try. Like, the worst that could happen would be, like, he'd be like, get out, go away, you know, and slam the door, you know. Like, that might happen. Like, just want to go into his room and, like, he will be in there for an hour if I let him. They were reading whatever and like fine. Like, not angry, not throwing stuff. Just like, hey, I'm I'm cool being in here. I really don't want to see anyone right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I I think often in the peaceful parenting community, we get the idea that we're not supposed to let our kids do that, that we're not supposed to let our kids be alone with their feelings, but some kids need to be. And if that's what they're telling you that they they need in that moment, like I would respect, respect them. You can always circle back, you know, circling back is always an option. Let them regulate, let them come down, you know, let them you know, soothe so that they are open and available for, to our, you know, to our guidance, you know, I think it's okay, but you can also ask him too. So this is another thing that can happen in the, some of those proactive conversations, you know, like, Hey, you know, when you make a mistake, just like everybody makes mistakes and you're really hard on yourself, what do you want me to do? You know, because you, I know, I know you're really upset. I want to be able to be there for you, but sometimes it seems like you just want to be alone. So, what would be helpful when that happens? You know, what what could I say to help you? What could I do? I'm getting curious with them on those things, and then just trusting them. You know, trusting them to know what they need. I do think that too, though, like separating can can be helpful. Like, I mean often they do it by themselves i think i i i don't know in your family but the, they take themselves away from the situations but sometimes separating needs to happen even just for the vulnerability of being able to fully empathize with one kid without yeah. the other kid seeing it you know yeah, yeah because you bring you bring up something in my mind which i didn't didn't even realize i was going to think about today which is like i always have a hard time in that moment because she's hurt and not being even to able to validate her or give her, give her like that attention that she deserves because yeah. I'm so focused on him because he's the problem or he's the person that like requires yeah. the attention or the the skill or the lesson where yeah. she's just hurt. And I feel, and so, yeah, absolutely. And so like in those moments, like we don't need to teach him a lesson. First of all, he like he is the kind of the natural consequence of his sister crying as the most beautiful teacher available. But 
his own like sense of shame or blame or self-judgment is likely getting in the way of him being able to learn that lesson, right? Because yeah. we, when we're in a place of shame or blame or judgment, our learning centers in our brain are turned off, right? So he can't even learn a lesson when he's there. And so, yeah, when he's, you know, like, I mean, something similar just happened last night in my own house. My, my youngest daughter was making a face and we all thought that it was a joke face, but she was actually upset and she got even more upset. And we all like the three of us were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Right away, she was accepted my husband's and my apologies for kind of reading the situation wrong. But my eight-year-old lost it about like just lost it and went off to her room and ran, ran off. And like that, we just let that go, you know, because she was just in a tender place of having accidentally hurt her sister's feelings Mm -hmm. and then feeling as if she was bad and wrong, you know? So Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and we eventually like made all, made all that up, you know, but yeah, sometimes like we got to go to the one who's hurting, you know, while understanding that the other one is likely hurting too, just Mm -hmm. in a little bit different way. But yeah, if like someone gets, is physically hurt or has their feelings hurt, a little bit of soothing is not a, you know, for them and knowing that the lesson, nothing will be lost in the time intervening, you know, the the lesson is always going to be available there for them to learn. It's a good reminder because I think I feel that in the moment. I'm like, I've got to, you know, this is the time when I've got to do this. It's fresh in our mind, but actually it's probably not even a place where they're able to take in. Exactly. And, you know, we like, we also like have this pressure of like, they need to know it's not okay. They know that they wouldn't be upset if they didn't know it wasn't okay. They would not be upset right then. So like the fact that he's upset tells you like he knows this isn't okay. And if he could be doing better, handling this better right now, he would be, you know, he would be doing better if he could in that moment say like, Oh, wow, I screwed up and I'm so sorry. He would do that a hundred percent. He would do that. And I bet there's times at school where he does that with his friends or whatever. And he just, for some reason at home in that moment, he can't, he doesn't have that skill available to him. And it's not because he's a bad kid or because he's unempathetic or anything. It's just, he just didn't, wasn't able to right then. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, this has been so awesome. I hate okay. that I have to go. Okay. But you're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Lindsay. This was so much fun. Thanks for your time. Your perspective yeah. is really special. Thank you again. Oh, thank you. You take good care. You are they're so lucky to have you as their mom. They're so thank lucky. You. Thank you. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.